I'm going to go to Galatians chapter 6. It's the last chapter in Galatians. I'm going to read verses 1 through 6. As you know, dear people, this is the Word of God. And to take it most seriously and lovingly, not only into our heads, but into our hearts. So let us hear now from, from God, who inspired the Apostle Paul to write to the Galatians, in this sixth chapter, the following, verses 1 through 6. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. <clears throat> For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let every man prove his own work. And then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another, for every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that is that teaches in all good things. <clears throat> May God bless his word to our hearts. Once again, Lord, we are thankful to be here. We're thankful to hear your word. We're thankful that we believe it. May we believe it some more as a result of hearing it read and preached upon. This too we pray in your holy name. Amen. <clears throat> burdens. We all know about burdens. We've all experienced burdens, and we have uh, known others whom we're close to, whom we love, having burdens, being burdened by many, by, by a number of things. <clears throat> there are anxious moments, there are struggles in our lives, there's suffering, there's sorrow, there's things that weigh us down. That's what a burden does, it weighs one down. It could be a physical burden, a financial burden, emotional burden, a spiritual burden. But we all know of burdens. We also have heard the scripture. It's uh, from the Psalm, uh, Psalm uh, 55, 22, but it's also uh, from the Apostle Peter when he says that we are to cast our burdens upon the Lord. Right? We've all heard that. But as someone once said, that's easier said than done. How do you cast your burdens upon the Lord? These burdens that we're, that I'm having. <clears throat> well, certainly there are ways, and we're going to get into a couple of them. But uh, the main thrust of this uh, comes from verse 2. From my, The main thrust to my message comes from verse 2. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. So, one way that we are to cast our burdens is to cast our burdens upon the Lord's people, upon each other. 
Well, that sounds a little terrifying, doesn't it? Well, not so much if we understand uh, what the Lord is teaching here. And so I want to first talk about walking in the Spirit. If we're walking in the Spirit, we're going to be able to take, take on one another's burdens. Then I want to speak about a Christian's calling here, another calling for us to do. And that's not only for a few of us, that's for all of us. In the third point, uh, place, I want to uh, emphasize that each one of us has his and her place in this, in this matter. And lastly, I want to emphasize the fact, the truth that Paul spoke of in another place, that we are to be many things to others. We are to be many things to all people in the hope of winning and saving others and helping others. We have those four points to go through. The first is walking in the Spirit. What do I mean by that? Well, in order for you to say, I am a Christian, I am a believer in Jesus, I am a follower, a disciple of Jesus Christ, I must also be able to say, I am walking in the Spirit. I am walking with the Spirit. I'm walking in the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Now we know that Jesus took on all of our burden, all the sin burden, all the guilt he took on. So he's a perfect example. And we ought to be like him. We are given opportunity time and again to be like Jesus. And to be like Jesus in this, taking on a burden. Taking on someone's burden. Now we all know what that is. We all have family members. We all care about other people. We care about our spouses, we care about our children, we care about our grandchildren. We care, and we would do anything and everything, as someone has said, we would give the shirt off our back for any family member, and perhaps a couple of friends as well. We, we, we have learned that, and we know that. But you know, that's no different, well, not much different than, than what worldlings do. Worldlings take care of their own. Not all, but... Unbelievers take care of their families and take care of some of their friends as well. And if one is hurting, they help them out. So, it's not just that we are to take care of our own. We certainly should. And as Christians, we should be a model and an example to others that we do care about one another. We care about our families. We're good Fathers and mothers and sisters and brothers. We're decent people. And people should see that and know that about us. 
But here in this in this chapter, there is a he's he's speaking to the church brethren. If a man be overtaken in a fault, and this fault has to do with a sin, a sin fault, a sin problem. Ye who are spiritual, who's spiritual? You mean the person that's that has a sin problem, that's fallen into some sort of sin problem, some difficulty, is not spiritual? Well, maybe at the moment he's not exercising his spiritual gifts. He's not able to because he's burdened by this problem, by this sin. And so you who are not burdened by sin, you who are a Christian, you who are walking in the Spirit, that's what he means when he writes, you who are spiritual, you who are walking in the Spirit, your life is Spirit-filled. You're a spiritual person, you're a spiritual-minded person. You who are that way. are to restore such a one in meekness. Because you don't want to fall into the sin of pride, thinking that you're better than this person. I'll never do something like that. I would never make a mistake. That I would never fall into a sin like that. How could you do something like that? You don't want to come at the person or to restore the person in that, in that fashion. But you who are walking in the Spirit, who are not burdened by sin and the consequences of sin, are called upon to help another who is burdened. You see, brothers and sisters, and I call you brothers and sisters from my heart, not only from my head, I have learned that we are a family from the Word of God. That's what the Word of God says. We are family. We are brothers and we are sisters, fathers and mothers, sisters, but we're a family. And every family, good family, decent family, takes care of its own. And, and you know this. You know this very well because each of you come from families, tight families, that take care of their own. You care about your spouses, you care about your children, you care about the friends that they have, you care about your grandchildren, you know, you, you care, you know you do. I know you do, it's obvious. The point here is that we are a family that needs to care about one another, like we care about our own. Now, there will always be a difference we realize that. We're, we're human. Uh, blood ties are thick. But spiritual ties, brothers and sisters, are thicker. And it's difficult for us to fathom that. It's perhaps even more difficult to actually experience it. But I know I'm speaking to the choir when I say that we are a family. We are a local family of God at Calvary Church. There are the local families of God in other churches around town. There's a community. We are 
in community and in communion with God and Christ and with each other. And so, we are, by the grace of God, to jointly shoulder each other's burdens as given opportunity. Not prying, not nosing, not pushing, but we are to take up, when opportunity arises, the opportunity, and reach out to a brother, to a sister, and let them know that they, he, she, is not alone. Whatever the, th- whatever the problem is, whatever the situation, you are not alone. <clears throat> I am all for you. <clears throat> I am not against you. Now, the fault, as I said, is, is some sin fault. And there's two ways to look at this. There is the way that someone has fallen into a sin, whether it's a doctrinal sin or a, a sin of practice, a practical sin. Could be a sin that he's in, uh, involved with another person that he should not be involved with so closely. Uh, he may have an anger problem. Uh, you know, she, she might have a problem with forgiveness, whatever it may be. But there is a sin problem. There's also the consequences of sin. And we're all involved in that. So, in a word, sin is the problem. Sin is the burden. Sin is the thing that weighs us down. Whether it's our own sin, or the sin of someone else against us, or it's sin in general that has brought about all this pain and suffering and anxiety and hate and hostility and just all the upset in creation. The, the sin has brought this. When Adam and Eve fell, they introduced sin into the entire creation. And all the consequences of sin, all of this terror, if you will, all of this opposition, all of this pain and suffering and sorrow and loss is all because of sin. Not your sin or my sin personally, but it is because of sin. The judgment of God. God cursed the earth for the sake of sin. And so this is what we're always dealing with. When, when we talk about a burden, when, when Paul talks about a burden and a fault, he's talking about sin or and or the consequence of it. For each of us, it's pointed out that uh, when we do have a burden or burdens, there always concrete, right? They're they're not abstractions. When we're weighed down, when we're sorrowful, when we're uh, dejected over something, it's a concrete thing. It's a real thing. It's identifiable. Maybe it's something in the family, rebellious children. Maybe it's... uh, Financial burden. 
Maybe it's the loss of a loved one. Whatever it might be, it's, it's concrete. And so someone needs, given the opportunity in the family of God, to reach out to that person to be helpful. Like I said, it's not you don't pry, you don't probe, you don't try to force it out of him or her. But you can notice, I, I notice when some uh, people are burdened, I know a few people that, that have problems with emotional problems in the church. And I always go to them, well, almost always, very often. I go to them and I ask, how are you doing today? How is the situation? What are you doing to get help or help yourself? And that's the kind of thing that Paul is talking about. When you're given opportunity, you ought to help to restore somebody with meekness and gentleness and concern, thoroughgoing concern. It's a heart matter of which he speaks. So who's to be doing this? And I think you know. The pastor, yes. The elders, yes. The deacons, yeah, well, of course, they're ministers of mercy, deacons. But it's not just the ordained, the office holders. It's all God's people. Every one of us. You who are walking in the Spirit. You who are spiritual. Given the opportunity to restore somebody that has a burden. Whether it's a, a sin fault of his own, that, of his own making. Or just the consequence of sin that's raining down upon him. You who are spiritual, walking in the Spirit. Strengthen ought to help. Notice that Paul says, brethren. He's speaking to the congregation at large, the entire congregation, all of its members. Now, why is this advice for us and not for the whole world? Well, brethren gives it away, really. This is... Christian advice because if you're not spiritual, if you're not walking in the Spirit, if you do not have the Spirit of Christ living and abiding in you, you have a human nature, and human nature is selfish, is self centered. As I said, unbelievers can care about themselves, can care about their own family members and maybe a few very close friends. But that's it. By nature, they don't care. Especially about sin and sin burdens. They simply, they don't even identify it like that. They don't identify all this, this terrorism, if you will, as a consequence and consequences of sin. They don't, they don't think that way. So they can't possibly restore someone to a right mind. But by nature, 
They don't care too much beyond themselves. And a good example of that would be politicians. On both sides. I'm not speaking as a conservative or Republican or Democrat or anything like that. I'm saying politicians, they say they care. They care about the poor. They care about the needy. They care about those suffering. They care about your medical expense. They care about this again. They don't. Only as far as it serves them. That's not every one of them, but that's probably most of them. They can't care. They don't even know you. They don't really know what your burdens are in particular. They don't know how much you're suffering. But they say they care. But we know they don't. So this is for Christians. This is for the Christian family. This is for the local church and churches. This is for us, this advice. You who are spirit-filled are given the ability to care for another. Now, why is that? Well, the reason why I care about each and every one of you here, and let me tell you something. Before I became a Christian, I would have nothing to do with the likes of any of you. That's the truth. It just, my personality and the way I was, uh, you, you are as far away from me and from identifying with me and I with you as, uh, as, as Mars is to the earth. I mean, you're just, you're not my type of people. Now you are, though. How'd that happen? Because I'm a Christian, because you're a Christian. Because I've been studying the Bible for years now, decades now. And I come to passages like this, and they speak to me. How do they speak? Because the Spirit of God speaks to me through His Word, and empowers me, and and, and makes it alive. And yes, I do feel this way. You've become my family. Some of you I like more than others, but we're not going to get into that right now, right? That's, it's not a popularity contest here. You're my family. I'm your family. I'm part of your family. So I care. You care because you are spiritual, because God has given you the power to be that way. He has not given the power, the, like Unbelievers don't care about the Church of Jesus Christ. They don't care about the family of God. They don't care about the communion service. They don't care about anything like this. So how can they care about you in a a right way? And to restore you in Christ. They cannot. This is a call to all of us. In the Bible, we have certain people that are identified as people that really cared Especially women. Women are different than men. They have, not that they have different emotions, but they're, they're, they're more sensitive in certain, to certain things. But they certainly have a ministry, a caring ministry. In fact, I have uh, spoken with the deacons about this a uh, time or two, that if, uh, if there's a woman that you know of that needs some help, that needs some comfort, that needs some 
financial help maybe or counseling or something like that, send your wife. Don't you go. Send your wife. A deacon's wife can minister as a deacon can to another woman. But there were women in the, in the, uh, in the Bible like Tabitha, who was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. And it's, it's talked about in Acts chapter 9. There's uh, Lydia, a seller of purple in Philippi, who when, met, when, when she met Paul and Silas, she took them into her house. She invited her in, them into his house, knowing that they were men of the word. Paul in Romans commends... Phoebe, a spiritual sister, a servant of the church at Sancria, for she has been a succora, a helper of many, and Paul says, of myself included. God has given us virtuous, godly women in his church. He has given the virtuous, godly woman this call. Bear, bear ye one another's burdens. Women can minister to women and others in a way that men cannot. How about young people? Now, young people are, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of selfish. It's all about them. They're trying to find out more about themselves, their identity, their, their, uh, you know, their, their peer pressure is great among them. Uh, they are uh, searching themselves for the career that they might want, the, the course of study they might not get into. They're focused on themselves a lot. It's a natural thing. It's not unusual. It's a natural thing. But young people are called in the Word of God to care about others. They are to instruct their younger sibling in the Lord. They are to be an example to their sister or their brother. So this... this Brethren, if a man be overcoming a fault, ye which are spiritual, bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ, is for everyone. It's for women. It's for office bearers. It's for men. It's for young people. It's for everyone to care. And, that, and that's the issue. Because we're in this together. We're a family, and we're in this together, and we're to care for one another. In ways that we can do. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, Paul writes, Be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. All three things need to be in place. Kindness, tenderheartedness, and forgiveness. 
if you're unforgiving towards a brother or sister, he's offended you, she's offended you, whatever it may be, you don't, you can't identify with this person, you can't be tender-hearted and you can't be kind. How could you be kind to someone whom you can't, you can't forgive? You don't want to forgive, you have no desire to forgive. What's the opposite of kindness? Cruelty, right? People are cruel to one another. Christians, you are, as a Christian, to be kind to everyone. Especially to the, everyone in the, in the church. You're to be kind, not, not cruel. Tender-hearted. What's the opposite of being tender-hearted or soft? It's to be hard or harsh, judgmental. You're not to be that way towards anyone in the church. And of course, forgive as you have been forgiven. Seventy times seven, Jesus instructs his disciples, which means as many times as it takes. You ought to have that kind of attitude that you're forgiving the person. You're not holding anything against the person. It's not easy. But you can do it. Not you yourself, but the Spirit. You who are spiritual. You who has, have, have the Spirit of Christ in you. You who are walking in the Spirit are given the power to do this. To be kind. To be tenderhearted. To be forgiving. And when you don't, you're sinning. And you know you're sinning. And you need to repent. It's vital for us to be sensitive, right? As I said, there are some people that I know about. As a pastor, I get to know things a little bit more easily than some of you. Uh, and so I go to them and I check on them. I give them a call. Send them a little email. Visit if I have to. You know, there's, there's things we can do. It's, it, in order to, to bear one another's burdens... The opportunities that arise that we may take are not difficult. We don't have to think of this as a tremendous sacrifice. It's not a tremendous sacrifice to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. The other thing, so that's one thing. We're not to think of it, we're not to have the attitude that this is going to be, this is going to be a sacrifice, I'm going to take all my time, this is going to be, uh, this is going to be a burden to me. No. A lot of it, most of the time, it's, it's simple. It's to say hello. You know, there are churches where the person walks in, a visitor walks in, and no one speaks to that person. No one seems to care about that person. That's not true of Calvary Church at all. But it is true of some churches. Just an outreach, just a, a nice word, a kind word, a helping hand in some measure. I remember one of my uh, my wife, uh, she uh, got her car stuck in a hole in our driveway during the winter time. It was dug out, spinning the wheel and all that stuff. And a sister came along and said, what's the problem? Well, you know, we didn't have something to tow it out. So she just took a strap out of her car and tied it to the car and pulled it out and just was glad to do it. You know, stuff like that. It's not that 
burdensome to bear one another's burdens, to help one another out of the difficulties. Remember, Paul's talking about a brother who's fallen into a sin, a sin problem. But all the pain and sorrow, all the setbacks and accidents and whatever are also consequences of sin. It's not supposed to be this way. Paradise, this is not. And so it all relates to sin. So whether we're helping correct someone doctrinally or bringing someone to repentance, helping them to repentance, or helping them out of a ditch. That's bearing burdens. And I know you know this, and I know you're capable, and I know you've done this. I'm encouraging you, brothers and sisters, to do it more. Don't stop. Do it more. And so, and the other, one other thing that you need to remember in in doing, you need to have the attitude that I'm going to be helpful to anybody that needs it. My family, because he's my, he, she, they belong to my family. They're, they're part of me. And the other thing is to pray. To pray for each other. You know, we talk on, uh, on Wednesday nights, it's a good thing. We get together for prayer. And what we do is you go down this list of a lot of people. There are a lot of people on the list. Not everyone, but, but many. And we talk about almost each person. Sometimes we don't need to because we always, we've already spoken about them. But we, we speak about the person. We speak about the, the need. We, we, we get to know what the, the prayer need is and that, what that person's need is. And we pray for that person that way. So it's good to pray for a person and, and with understanding and knowledge. And that's one of the reasons why a prayer group is good to have. Because you get together and you talk about your own needs, your own burdens, and each other's, and it helps. So prayer is also a great help. And finally, I want to say one other thing about bearing ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. What is the one thing that fulfills the law? The law of Christ. The one thing that you need to remember and that will fulfill the entire law of Christ. Now remember, by the way, that anyone who helps anyone out of a burden, you're really helping that person cast his burden on Christ. Because Christ is the only one that takes our burdens, right? He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Christ is the one that takes all our burdens upon himself, takes all our anxieties. But he uses means, he uses us, he uses us to fulfill the law. The law of Christ. And what is that law of Christ? It's one word. You know the word. All the law. Not just part of it. But all of it. What is the greatest commandment of all? To love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. 
strength. And what is the second? To love your neighbor as yourself. Love is the fulfillment of the law. So, I can honestly say that I love the people of God. Why? Because I am willing, from the heart, to restore them if they're burdened, to address their burden and to restore them. Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. If you're not willing to bear another's burdens, then there's something wrong with your love. But brothers and sisters, let us bear one another's burdens. Let us minister one to another in true love and so fulfill, so fulfill all of the law. For there is no law against love. Love fulfills, is a law unto itself. And so let us do justice, bear one another's burdens, and fulfill the law of Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Lord, we are thankful to, uh, to be able to do this, to be willing from the heart to address our brothers and sisters in Christ in this way. Not in a terrible way, not in a prime way. We certainly don't want to add to the burden by gossiping it, by taking things out of a private conversation and spreading them around. That's not what it's all about. But it's really caring. It's caring as we care for our own family members. For we are a family. And we ought to care one for another. And we pray thee, Heavenly Father, that we who are spiritual would work more and more and walk more and more according to the Spirit in love, so fulfilling the law of Christ. And we pray these things and ask these things in your name, in the name of Jesus. Amen.